0: There was a a local neighbor, a local visitor who comes and uh, she asks, are you by any chance members in this church? And they said, yeah, we are. And she said, okay, now that I know that's true, okay. My next question is, me and my husband have managed to lock ourselves out. Would you be able to break in on our behalf? And the story that we are going to talk about today is a little bit like that. So these two gentlemen went and with the owner's permission they were able to break into the door and to the lady's surprise she found it extremely surprising how easy it was to break in her front door. The Bible tells us of a story of somebody who's really in searching for God. He had taken a big long journey from Ethiopia to go to Jerusalem. And at the same time, God was preparing somebody else to go and share with this person what God was about to do. If you want to follow me in the scriptures, we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 8. Verses 26 to 40. And for a lot of us, this story is very familiar because it's the Ethiopian eunuch and the way that he comes to, to, to know Jesus. But there we go. Here we've got somebody who was very high up in ranks in Ethiopia. And he goes to come... He goes to Jerusalem and he wants to really... Um, experience and be part of the Jewish celebration. And he goes there hoping that he was going to do something interesting. But in the same time, this was in the light of what was going on after the disciples and everybody had been given the mandate to actually, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and you're going to be my witnesses Starting in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and then in all the parts of the world. And here we've got an Ethiopian who happens to be in Jerusalem. And he encounters something very extraordinary. Same time, Philip, one of the guys that was chosen to be a deacon in the church, he goes and then the the Lord said to him, go south to the road, to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip goes, and then the spirit told Philip, "Go to the chariot where this eunuch, this, this official, is traveling with, and go and stay near it." Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the men reading Isaiah the prophet. "Do you understand what you're reading? Now, can you imagine Philip shouting to the chariot? How can I, says the eunuch, unless someone explains to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And then they were reading a passage from Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearers is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. Then the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they travelled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariots. Then both Philip and eunuch went down to the water. And Philip baptised him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch didn't see him again. This is a fascinating story. This is a fascinating story because all of a sudden this guy has come to meet God in Jerusalem and God in His power decides to reveal Himself to him in the desert. This is fascinating as well because it's it's so interesting to see that For each story, I mean, think of your own story when you were baptized. Think of your own moment when you came to Christ. How was it? And if we were to stand here all day and talk about our own stories, each and every story is unique in its own rights. So the first thing that we learn about this in this passage is that actually God is the author of, of each of our story of salvation and the way that he orchestrates it is fascinating. Sometimes is directly like in the case of the eunuch and Philip and sometimes is indirectly. Now let's look a little bit at the stories of Eva and Magdalena. The way that God has orchestrated for them to come to faith is fascinating. It took Iron and Elsa to open their house and welcome her and say, come do a gap year here. Great. It took Jane and Paul and I to go to foundation and offer that input on a weekly basis. It took Alicia that courage to go and have that cup of coffee in that coffee shop. And say, let's talk about Jesus. And the way that God works, it's fascinating. And each and every one of us perhaps are too ambitious to look for the extraordinary, dramatic story, whereas God can be revealed in the day to day trip from Jerusalem to Gaza. So if you've been thinking, to be baptized and you've been anticipating for this dramatic story, can I say you something? That the story of you coming to Jesus and Jesus finding you is more than dramatic in itself. And that's, that's extraordinary because as I said to you, when we go through the waters of baptism, we declare what the good news does to us. We declare that what's that newness of life that um, Hillary and Helen reminded us last Sunday. That this newness of life that we have found in God, and it's, it's, it's God that is really reaching out to us. It's God bringing that good news. It's God actually reaching out to us and saying that, actually, I love you. And I've got a plan for your life. I love you so much that it cost me my son Jesus Christ to go on the cross, die, be buried, and be resurrected on the third day. So you can come to me and be part of this fantastic story of the good news. So again, I don't want to go, that if you're looking, if you're waiting for this extraordinary thing to happen, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but sometimes God reveals to us in the very, very extraordinary, and sometimes God chooses to reveal himself to us in the mundane. Just come for a trip to Bristol. Just move to the UK. Just go and work at the Callaway Pharmacy. Isn't this part of God's story? This is fantastic. And this is the extraordinary part of God's story. Because again, He is the author of each story of salvation. And each story of salvation, mine, yours, Magdalena's and Eva's, are unique because God has sought after us. The other fascinating thing about this story is that, actually, there is no story of salvation without Jesus. The eunuch and Philip have somehow to bring their conversation to Isaiah 53. They need to bring that conversation to that passage that's saying well why is this all about then why what is this all about then why why jesus why is jesus so central to the story of salvation and again he's doing this in a context where he's come to jerusalem and you're thinking oh the gospel is being preached only to the jews because they need him they're desperate for him they've been rejecting and i'm just saying no I think the gospel is good news for the Gentiles here as well. And there is no gospel, there is no good news without Jesus, without what he accomplished in the cross so many thousand years ago, which is still available and applicable to us. Because... We know that God really loved us. That he sent his son on the cross. For you and for me. God didn't bring Jesus in the world because he wanted to have a show. He brought Jesus into the world because he wanted to reconcile the sinful, the fallen, the broken world to himself. And that invitation is for you and for me today. Because, actually, when we come to God, we all have to come broken. We all have to come to that place that we acknowledge that, actually, I'm not living anymore for myself. Like what Eva shared. Like what Magdalena shared. But today, I've encountered God. And because I've encountered and I've been part of this good news well, it makes sense for me to live this life. Not only because Jesus is the center of God's story of salvation, but as we've been doing in the baptism lessons, is that actually Jesus is the one that is inviting us to identify with him in what he has accomplished for us. And that's a very simple way, as we said. That Jesus has accomplished what he has accomplished for us, the story of salvation through his death, burial and resurrection. And Jesus is inviting each and every one of us to identify with him. Let's have a look at Romans. Romans chapter 8. Sorry, Romans chapter 6. He's writing to this community of faith who have encountered Jesus and all of a sudden they found out that it's alright if you encounter Jesus and you live your own life because grace is okay, grace is sufficient, grace is the gift that God, God gives us that we don't deserve. Let's, let's carry on living our own lives because we're fine. And Paul says in the verse 1 of chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we carry on doing our own thing, living our own lives, carrying on on our civil life, so that because grace is so big and generous, it may abound? And says, "No way, no way. You cannot identify with Christ and continue the life." Whatever really kindly reminded us that I don't want to go back to what I've been because of this great encounter with Jesus. And he goes on to say, no means, we died to sin, how can we live for it any longer? Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And this invitation for new life is for everybody who has encountered the grace of God. So this is a reminder for us as well that have gone through the waters of baptism. This is, a remi- this is why we have the, the um, covenant service, that we remind what we have said. This is why we want to believe and, and pray that we want to live victoriously for God's glory. Because of what Jesus has done for us and because he's identifying us to live with him, then we've got this opportunity to embrace the new life that God has given us. So, I want to be a little bit challenging this morning because perhaps that invitation is for you that morning to make that decision. And maybe you've got more than 60 seconds to decide whether you're going to follow God or not. But I'll just say, don't leave it too long. Because God says, today is the day of salvation. And if God says, today is the day of salvation, He means, and is not like an Albanian today or tomorrow. Now, I don't know how you take your coffee. Black. I've started taking my coffee black when I've come to the UK. But I like my espresso with a little bit of sugar in it, just a little bit. And if I've put too much sugar in it, that's it, I've messed around my espresso. But once the sugar goes into the espresso, to the coffee, there's no turning back. You cannot take, you cannot extract the amount of sugar that you put into that coffee. And once Jesus comes into our lives, of course, we would like to embrace that newness of life. There is no turning back. Because His sacrifice on the cross, His death and resurrection was more more than sufficient, not only to free you from this time, from the sins, but to give you this new life so you can follow him for the rest of your life until you see him face to face. So the invitation for that new life with Jesus is there for us today. What are we going to do with it? Maybe you've got questions. Maybe you've got questions. I'm aware that the young people are here as well. Maybe you've got questions that perhaps you don't want to ask your parents. Or maybe you, 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 you want to say them, but not, not in a direct way. And I'm just saying that it's good that you've got questions. And I'm not saying only for the young people, but for all of us. The, 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 the issue is, what do we do with those questions? And today, we've been reminded over and over again about this opportunity that we can embrace new life with Jesus. And that opportunity and invitation is for you and for me. What are you going to do about that? If you want to talk things through, I'm more than happy to help. Uh, Pete is here. You've got the elders, Craig, um, Emma, Jenny, um, Pete Woods. You've got um, Hillary, uh, John T., Um, we've got different people here that if you wanted to talk to through through stuff um, but please don't leave it and park it away deal with it because God has not brought you by accident today here let's pray together We acknowledge this morning and this afternoon that you are the author of salvation and thank you that my story each and every one of us here Lord who have accepted you as Lord and Savior is unique because it's your story for our lives. And as we have been reminded, Lord, that we have this new life given to us only because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we will respond accordingly. Help us to get brave, to ask the questions. Help us, Lord, to get brave to pursue you. And to look for you, because we know, Lord, that you are already looking out for us. And this morning, we want to thank you, above all, for Jesus, who died, and he was risen today, so we can be part of this wonderful story of the transforming gospel. And we want to praise your name for that. Amen.